Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. And whether you're just getting a pre-owned or a brand new car, you have a sales staff that is there for you to make the proper selection. And they're not just there for the sale, all part of that Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a service department that is there for you with the diagnostics, the inspections, the routine maintenance. Many awesome technicians are there ready to serve you. But guess what? SMC is looking for more. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work in their quick lane, car light truck service, heavy truck service, body frame and alignment, and towing departments. So whether you're an experienced technician, an entry-level technician looking for your first job, or maybe you're just looking for a career change, they'd love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com, or call Todd at 286-7746. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Big, big show today. The voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese, is back with us. We haven't talked to him since the start of week one. We'll check in with him at 3.35 today as we get ready for the Battle of PA. Steelers-Eagles, Sunday of one at the link. Jim Nance, we talked about him yesterday, of course, with his final four, final, final four coming up. He will be on the call with Tony Romo from the link on Sunday, along with Tracy Wolfson. Did see that yesterday. But Merrill, of course, has the call on the Eagles Network on Eagle 107 on Sunday, so we'll talk to him at 3.35. New York Post's Andrew Marshan, who first reported the Jim Nance news, he'll join us at 4.06 today. We haven't had him in a while. Good to, good to have him back. And then Paul Keels, the voice of Ohio State, will join us in the final half hour. So we've got a lot to get to once again today. Tomorrow, the voice of the Steelers, Bill Hillgrove, will get his take on the Battle of PA matchup Sunday at the link at 3.20 tomorrow. High school football roundtable at 3.35 tomorrow as well. And wheels at 3.35 on Friday to get you ready for Phil's Astros World Series Game 1. So we have been just keeping it rolling this week. It's been a fun week on the show. Still got plenty to get to. Now, but we do have to start with this. Steve kind of teased it yesterday. The 2023 Penn State football schedule is out. The Big Ten announced it today. Steve didn't sound thrilled about it, and I can see why. Now, when you look at the schedule overall, 
it's a, it's it's puts Penn State in a couple of good positions, but when it comes to the Big Ten portion of the schedule, it is once again a total disaster. So for the eighth straight year, next year, thirteenth out of fourteen seasons, Penn State again is opening up Big Ten play on the road, week three at Illinois. You have West Virginia and Delaware coming to Beaver Stadium for the first two weeks of the season. So let's just start with that fact. We've heard from James Franklin harp on this in the past. Pat Kraft has talked about it and, in fact, has been very vocal about it to the Big Ten. And still, Penn State is opening up on the road. I mean, how much more tone-deaf can you get if you're the Big Ten? And then secondly... Because of that, you basically just slapped your newest AD in the Big Ten in the face by basically ignoring his comments, his concerns, and you're putting his football program back on the road again. I I just don't understand this from the Big Ten. Like, why? Why are we accustomed to doing this? Like, what are we doing? And for me, to put insult in the wound is three out of your first four games in the Big Ten are on the road. So not only are you making Penn State yet again go on the road to begin the Big Ten season against Steve Jones, but you give me three out of four on the road? I mean, that is just an absolute insult to Patrick Kraft and this this whole entire organization here. I've it's totally it. ridiculous. I've known about it for six days, so <laughs> I know. But now we officially know it today. I, I mean, there's other right, things so I like about the schedule, but as far as the Big Ten portion of it goes, Steve, it's a total disaster. It really is. Well, so let me get to um, just very quickly the 13 out of 14, and then the original schedule had Penn State opening at Illinois anyway. Okay. Correct. So that that did not change. Now, Penn State had scheduled UMass later in the year anyway, so Penn State had opened up that date, and it was vulnerable on that date. And Illinois was open on that date, so they didn't change that, essentially. That's what they they said, no, we're not going to change that. But let's get... So how about... I make this worse. Okay? It's 13 out of 14 opening in the Big Ten on the road, right? Correct. Now I'm going to give you a fact that you probably don't know and the audience doesn't know at all. And I did point this out to Pat Kraft. You do know the one game Penn State played at home to open the Big Ten? You know which which one that is? Can't say off the top of my head. Rutgers in 2015. <laughs> okay? Right? Now, I'm not done yet. No, no. I'm oh, about boy. to make it worse. I'm about to make it worse. Oh, boy. Hit me. All right? Penn State scheduled the game. Not the Big Ten. <laughs> You're saying, well, hi, you can't schedule in conference games. No, no. Penn State was originally scheduled to play a home and away with Nebraska. 
When Nebraska joined the Big Ten, Penn State got Rutgers to take the home and away in 14 and 15. And then Rutgers joined the conference. Well, when that happened, the Big Ten decided, well, we'll just convert it. And we'll just let you keep the date, and you guys can open it. You know, that way we don't have to start moving things around. It's a conference game that's already there. So when you play a decade and a half, 14 years, okay, a decade and a half, and only one out of the 14 is at home to open. Oh, and by the way, you scheduled it. They didn't. That makes it even worse. Totally inexcusable. I mean, again, Penn State scheduled the home game in 2015 as a non-conference game, and the Big Ten went, oh, cool, we'll just convert it, which is exactly what they should have done, by the way. So I'm not being critical of the Big Ten for doing that, not in the least. It was the smart thing to do, and I said it at the time on the show. It's the, when Rutgers was brought in, I said they'll just convert those games. From a scheduling point of view, it's the easiest thing to do. I said that verbatim on this show. I mean verbatim. But now looking back, when you're looking at a 14-year span, 13 out of 14 opening on the road, Oh, and by the way, the irony is the only one that you had at home in that span, you scheduled. <laughs> Total embarrassment. All right. So here's my issue, all right? And it's going to go on two two fronts here. By the way, I predict this will absolutely change in 24, okay? All right, so let's start with that. The, the And do not, for a second, do not... For a second, do something silly and blame the commissioner. The commissioner has nothing to do with scheduling. Okay? This is why you have a staff. They do it. So here's my issue with the staff. And it's something I talk about all the time. And you know I talk about this all the time. There are people that can do a job... There are people that understand the job, and the special ones are the ones that have a feel for the job. So the Big Ten, in my opinion, has a bunch of people that know the job, a bunch of people in the Big Ten that understand the job, and I don't think they have anybody in the staff that has a feel for the job. And you can't teach that. That's not one thing I could say, hey, by the way, we got to get a better feel for this, blah, 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 blah. There are only certain people that have feel for jobs. Okay. They're exceptional at them. In fact, I talked about this. Um, um, I talked about this when um, um, when Guido Delia was brought back last week, and that was Pat, Pat Kraft. That was his baby. He did that to run the stadium on game day. Now, there's a lot of things right now that he can't quite do because, you know, there are sold elements and things like that. But there are other things that that Guido can do. And my exact quote was, same thing. You have people that can do the job, people that understand the job, and then there's a select few that have a feel for the job. I say Guido D'Elia has a feel for it. You can't teach anybody how to do that. But you've got to be more conscientious as a staff 
to, I mean, this is what you do. This is your job. So I'll give you an example. Let's take it from a basketball point of view. Penn State will have, over a two-year span, 20 home games in basketball in the Big Ten. Of those 20, one will be on a Saturday with the students there. Really? One? And then total two out of 20, if you include Purdue last year, where the students weren't here. But at least it was on a Saturday. Two out of 20? Really? Last year, Michigan State had six Saturday home games. Illinois had none. Who's doing this job? I mean, who's doing this job? Okay, I just used in basketball two examples. Was either one Penn State? No. It took me 10 minutes to figure this out last year. 10 minutes. I'm not a staff. I'm just a person. It took me 10 minutes to look at all the schedules and go, well, okay, one, none, six. Iowa had one. Penn State had one. Iowa at least had theirs with their student body there. Penn State did not. And Illinois had zero. They were a title contender last year. No Saturday home games. Who's doing this job? I mean, why? I mean, if if you're doing this job, part of a big job coming up for the Big Ten is going to be the conversion of UCLA and USC. In correct, it's a big job, right? That's and you've got to do this in men's soccer, women's soccer, volleyball, softball, baseball. I mean, you got to do it with everybody. Okay, not wrestling. USC and UCLA don't have wrestling. All right, so that's not going to change. you got to do it in women's basketball, everything. It's a big, big job. How do you do it? How do you do it in such a way where the travel is not wrong for everybody? So it's a huge job. So don't get me wrong, I understand how big a job that is. But you have to do market research on all of your markets, it's imperative to not just look at TV matches. I mean, I was on here again. Again? As I said to Jim Delaney once, I said, I said, when did you guys put Iowa in the Big Ten East? He goes, Iowa's not in the Big Ten East, Steve. I said, I know. Why does Penn State play him every year? I mean, why do they play Iowa every year? Because it's because again they're trying to do this for TV. That's why they're trying to do it. Now the game's going to be here, and I think it's going to it probably has a good chance of being a whiteout game. But I'm saying, why? Every year they play Iowa. It seems this year they didn't. That's the first time in what? How many years they haven't played Iowa? Really? Like, come on. There's a lot of this that just doesn't make any sense, and they don't explain it. It's like the pilot on the airline that pulls away in a snowstorm away from the gate and then makes you sit for three hours 
Because, but you're in flight and they can't serve you drinks. What, what are you talking about? You're not in flight. We're not moving. And it's stupidity like that where it's, there's no common sense. So you've got to do market research. So what's best for USC? Can I play a Friday night game at USC that will be good for TV but also will draw? What's, what's USC's tradition of drawing on Friday nights? And who are their opponents? What's UCLA maybe on a Friday night? And who have been their opponents when they played at the Rose Bowl, if they've done it? When you're looking at TV considerations and possibilities, you have to do all that research. What you know? How, what do you? How do you draw in basketball at the Galen Center and Pauley Pavilion on Sundays versus Saturdays? You have to do all of this. That's part of your job and understanding it. You can't look at Illinois and say, hey, by the way, I know you're a teller. You get no Saturday home games this year in basketball. But we have 10 opportunities. We have 10 openings at home. You get none. None. Really. But this team over here gets six? Michigan State. Penn State got one, no students. Yeah, 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 you're fine. You get 10 home games. You got one Saturday game. This year you got one out of 10. This time the students are there. It's January 21st. One out of ten. I don't mind if you have three Saturday games and, you know, hey, you got to play a couple of those on Sundays because of TV, whatever. That's great. So I'm talking about three out of ten here. That means Michigan State not only had six home games in basketball on a Saturday last year, that means you only had four games in the middle of the week at home. Something's not right there. Football. I don't mind in a 10-year span if your home openers are four and it's six on the road. Because you got to make some accommodations somewhere. You can't. It's hard making it five and five. I got it. But one out of 14? And the one was scheduled by you and not by the conference? That's no feel for the job right there. Zero. For some odd reason, in 16 years, Michigan's eight home and eight away. Hmm, interesting. Bet you did some research on that one. Again, have I praised the Big Ten for the TV contract? Yes, sir. 100%. Have I praised the Big Ten for adding USC and UCLA? Yep. Did I praise the Big Ten for getting a conference championship game and adding when they added Nebraska? Always. Okay. If you have the ability to praise an organization, you have then, in my opinion, earned the right to say, no, this isn't right either. Because you're not always complaining about everything. I don't sit here and complain about the Big Ten over and over and over and over again on every issue. I appraise them on so many different areas that it gives me the right to sit back and say, you know what, this isn't right. Here's here's my reasoning why. Because I praised you in other areas, but this one isn't right. And this one's pretty obvious. It's not right. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. More in a moment. Andrew Marshan today. I'm going to talk some TV with Andrew. One of the best in the business from the New York Post here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here, routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, all with great warranties, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, and a fabulous service department to back it all up. In a city where there is World Series fever, there is also plenty of Eagles fever. After a bye week, they've got the Steelers and the Hall of Famer, the great one, Merrill Reese, joins us. My friend, welcome back. What a year it's been so far. It's uh, it, it's a lot of fun, Steve. It's nice to be on with you. I always enjoy catching up, but it's it's been a crazy couple of weeks here. Uh, the Phillies, I know that the people up there watch the Phillies on television that and could just hear the energy exuding from that crowd. It was amazing. Uh, as far as the Eagles, it was a good a good couple of weeks to be off because the, <laughs> the Phillies surely had the spotlight. But uh, I just hope the Eagles could come back when from from where they did leave off, which was being a hot six and zero football team. But you you worry a little bit because you get out of that rhythm and you had something very special, and you hope that you can capture it very quickly. One quick note on that. You know, it's interesting you're talking to a couple of the Phillies, around the Phillies. They say, you know what they love is the energy in the ballpark is something that the football is that they've only experienced when they've been across the street in the football stadium. And they're loving that part. There's something about the energy at Lincoln Financial Field, as you know, that is a little different and special, isn't it? It is. But it was there for the vet. Um, it always been that with the Eagles crowds. They yep. they rock the place. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the Phillies have been a little more reserved, but uh, the last couple of weeks it sounded like a football crowd. <laughs> no question. So let's get to now. Obviously, this this football team that's the only undefeated team in the in the NFL. And I'm going to start actually with the defense. Jonathan Gannon had some parts to work with, especially a lot of depth up front. You've now watched it play out over six weeks. What are you seeing in that defense that's a, just a little bit different? Well, some people. Some people. Because yeah. when you pick up people like James Bradbury and then add him as the, the other mm-hmm. corner with Darius Slay, then you've got a, a terrific pair of corners. I mean, really terrific. And then you have already have a great nickel corner in Avante Maddox. Then you bring in a safety 
uh, who has, right before the start of the season, really, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And he has been outstanding. He already has three interceptions. He's been solid on the run. And on the other side, I was wondering where to get another safety and a guy who stepped up really from a reserve and special teams role last year. Marcus Epps came up, and he's played just terrific football. And they've added to their linebacker department and Kaiser White. And uh, they, you know, the Kobe Dean, who was a terrific player at Georgia and a third round draft choice, hasn't really played much linebacker. He's more in the learning stage, and he's going to be a great player. But right now, he's learning and playing some very, very effective special teams. So you bring in, uh, of course, Ger- uh, Davis, who was the number one pick, and he's been terrific as a run stopper. Mm-hmm. But usually, as, as you would know, uh, the defensive tackles don't do a lot of pass rushing in college. Mm-hmm. They, they set up the wall, and that part of their game evolves later. So he's, he's scared a couple of quarterbacks, but he's still looking to really get a, a grip on one and, and toss him to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I've just been they, – they don't let anybody get behind him. It seems like every play from that secondary, and including the linebackers, the ball is always in front of them. Is that fair? It is fair. It is fair and it is true. There are very few what they call explosive plays, plays of over 20 yards against the secondary. I mean that's and that mean that means a lot. You want a lockdown corner. Everybody would love to have one. Has Slay developed into that one for the Eagles? Oh, yeah. as the lockdown Absolutely. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a lockdown corner. Absolutely, he's he's one of the best. He made the Pro Bowl last year, and he is he is an exceptional corner. Now he's he's over thirty years old, but he he hasn't shown any effects of aging. He still is quick. He has great ball skills. In great anticipation. He's still terrific, and plus, he's he's a guy that they uh, they look to to be one of the leaders on this team. He's he's outgoing. He's he really adds a lot. And when you speak of leaders, uh, a guy we didn't mention, another linebacker who is not just a linebacker. I mean, he does so many things. He's also an edge rusher at times. And uh, we're talking about Hassan Reddick, former yes. Temple player, and he's outstanding. Four and a half sacks. Yeah. Well, what has it meant getting Brandon Graham back just as a player, but also his presence? It's good. I mean, he's he's not starting, but he's in, and he adds a lot of energy. And you know what? I haven't seen any fall-off in his play. I mean, he came back from a torn Achilles, which is tough to do in a year, and shows that, but he was actually... He was actually running around playing golf and doing all kinds of things in the spring, and I saw him and I said to him, "You are you, you know, are you still rehabbing?" And he said, "No." He said, "I don't have any pain. I'm fine." And he he's been playing like a much younger player. He's been very very good, and and also the guy who uh, took a lot of heat here when his play fell off from his his expected All Pro level is Fletcher Cox, and he's back playing like Fletcher Cox. Uh, on offense, Brown comes in. He's expected to be a big-time player and has played like a big-time player. But sometimes that big-time player is somebody that also opens up life for everybody else. What has Brown's mere presence meant for Smith, Amal Sander, Goddard, well, everybody? I, I, I'll repeat it. I'll let me 
play back the tape from you. He's opened things up from for everybody else. Although I like to say, and I've said on the air, that the Eagles don't have a number one receiver. They have two of them. They really do. I mean, and uh, A.J. Brown is, is tremendous, but so is Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith does the toe tap better than anybody I've ever seen. He is he is every bit as outstanding as A.J. Brown. They're just different types of receivers. But uh, A.J. Brown, the thing about him is when he gets the ball in his hands in the open field, he turns into running back. He really does. Now, Miles is having another productive year. He's been great. Yeah. But the thing about Miles Sanders you worry a little about, and this is not a criticism, it's not something that you can control, is that he has not been totally durable in his earlier years. But uh, so far, I keep my fingers crossed, so far he's been fine. I mean, he missed most of training camp with a, a hamstring or something like that. But right now, he's got uh, he's averaging 4.6 yards a carry. He's uh, got four touchdowns and he's just he's just playing great and he's he's made some runs that have self helped seal up games at the end. I mean they were in at the end of the Detroit game they were in danger and they were in a in a critical down and what he did was carry it twenty six yards downfield and, and that was all folks. He wrapped it up. So but Miles Sanders is playing great. As you've watched Jalen Hurts develop, what have you noticed in his feel for the game, his feel for the offense, but just his general sense of knowing where all the uh, all the chess pieces happen to be. Well, you know, Steve, and I'm not, I'm not blowing my own horn, but uh, with a lot of noise on, uh, around us, I have Jalen Hurts fan from day one. Yes, and you have. I, I like I, he has everything he physically. People said he has arm talent. No, he has exceptional arm talent. There's not a pass that he can't throw. But what he had to do was refine some of the mechanics. He went out to California, had a quarterback guru, Tom Hand, and uh, worked with that over the summer. So his mechanics are a little more uh, conventional. He's got to minimize his running. You can't run 18 times a game. But what he's learned is to make quick decisions and to read what the defense is doing. And he's been absolutely exceptional. You can see how much the time he has put in. He is somebody who was the first in the building and the last to leave. He is just a, a absolutely great student of the game, and it's paying off. All that work is paying off, and the players love him. He, he's got the leadership quality that you look for in a quarterback. He's really terrific. And, the, and you said this from day one. You said certain guys have a presence, and everything you'd seen and read about him at Oklahoma and Alabama told you he was just a different kind of guy. And it's just great the way it's translated over into the pros because that work ethic has allowed him to make this transition easier than people realized it would be. Well, that and the fact that here's here's another thing. You take that natural ability to run with the football and to find the open spaces, and that sets everything up because then you can swing out the ball to Miles Sanders. They just can't play up. They've got to they've got to be aware of the capabilities of Jalen Hurts, and he's also uh, almost automatic on third and one and fourth and one because he's got tremendously strong lower legs. There, I, I saw last week. I saw Trevor Lawrence in a critical situation sneak. And he didn't get there, and he's, he's a 
fine young player, but he doesn't have the strength of Jalen Hurts in that lower body. Jalen Hurts can almost not be stopped in a fourth, third or fourth and one. No question, and the and the offensive line makes it all pay off. I mean, it's really no, they're, they're good. A I mean, little bit concerned because yeah, uh, Nick Johnson. Sirianni this morning okay. just answered about Lane Johnson and said, as of now, he is uh, under still under concussion protocol, and he's mm. one of the best tackles in football. You don't want to lose him for any uh, length of time. But uh, I thought with the with a two week break that he'd be back by this week for sure and and maybe he will be hopefully he will be for sunday but as of today on wednesday he has not been cleared for action one final part i sensed when we started this conversation you really wanted to see them keep playing is that fair yeah yeah i did uh first of all i i don't like the bye week we only have 17 well you know, counting the the four preseason, the now two preseason, what is it, three? Three preseason games, assumed to be two, I think, but three preseason games. So I get 20 of these a year. So you move into basketball, you move into everything else that you do. You you have, I think, 370 events each year that you describe <laughs> for Penn State. I have, I have 20 measly events, and then they push me out to the golf course. So I want, I want all of my games, but when you, when you're, Six and zero, oh, and things are going along swimmingly. You don't want to stop. You, you don't because I have seen teams in the past come back after playing good football, and they just they just take a while to regain that rhythm, yeah. that certain something that they had. Now under Andy Reid, for years he he went up with a long stretch where he had wins after every bye, and then that changed in the last couple of years. Uh, Nick Sirianni is a, a guy who seems to have the pulse of this team. I didn't, Steve. I didn't think they were ready for the start of the season. I'm going to be honest with you. I was worried about that opening game at Detroit because yes. the practices yes. are efficient, but they're short. They're about it's, it, they're no more two days. They, they they work out in the morning and they practice for maybe an hour and a half. And there's no real hitting. I mean, they yeah. they didn't wear pads pads all that much. There was there was one day I think where for ten minutes they tackled to the ground, and that was it. And in those three preseason games, uh, Jalen Hurts I think had six snaps, and that was it. And none of the regulars played except for the young players who were uh, needed a little extra work. But but your offensive line you know sat and watched. That was it. And I thought how are the and I I, I watched hard knocks where I watched Dan yeah. Campbell take the bullwhip over the Lions and tell them every day they've got to hit, they've got to get ready for the season, they've got to be a tough team, I want this from the beginning and what do they do? The Eagles beat, I, I thought they could go to Detroit and suddenly it's going to be culture shock because one team's going to be beating the stuffing out of the other well it worked in reverse, the Eagles yeah. won that game and they've won every one since so you cannot, it, it's a new NFL, it's a new NFL and uh, I guess I, I, I obviously guess that, that Nick Sirianni knows exactly what he is doing, and this team is responding. So maybe, maybe my worries about regaining the rhythm uh, will go away and mean nothing. And plus, I don't mean to minimize Pittsburgh, even though they're two and five. But 
somebody went on the radio today. I heard them driving in, and they said, "You got to remember that the Eagles have has have had an easy schedule, and they don't have that toughest schedule coming up." And I thought to myself, "Wait a minute! If if you take that NFC right now and put a bunch of opponents up there for the Eagles to play, it really shouldn't matter because how can you make a tough schedule? Because the guys that we look at." as the perennial winners every year. Those tough teams, Green Bay, they're a mess. Tampa yeah. Bay, they're a mess. I mean, yeah. it's, these teams are – and the NFC East, used to, I used to call them the NFC least, <laughs> and they've turned into the NFC beast. So it's, yeah. it's really a big change, but nobody's that good. Uh, to, yeah. to find good, really good – well, Minnesota's 5-1, and one, and the Eagles dominated them on a Monday night. And then yep. you look over, you, there's two over in the AFC. Certainly Kansas City is really good, and Buffalo is really good. But again, teams that you expected to be much better really aren't. Well, as you called it, the new NFL. And in the new NFL, there's one unbeaten. Keep having right. fun, Merrill. Keep having fun. At, at least at least for the next three days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well... Let's let's just keep it rolling because it's a lot of fun to watch. Okay, I'll take care of this if if you promise to bring me a win over Ohio State. You know what? Why not? I'll promise that. I have nothing okay. to do with the winning and losing, so I can promise anything. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll be I'll be watching that game and listening to Steve Jones. Uh, and I'm going to be watching the Steeler Eagles game and listening to Merrill Reese. How about that deal? <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Steve. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. The great Merrill Reese. Andrew Marshan, next half hour, will talk some TV. Paul Keels, the voice of Ohio State, final half hour. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15, Hummels Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Fun show so far again today. Andrew Marsh and next half hour, we're going to talk TV, Big 12 TV contract, Pac 10, Pac 12 TV contract, looking at Amazon and Apple and where their role might fit in it all with Andrew from the New York Post, who's brilliant at his job, tapped in everywhere. Uh, and we will uh, talk with him. Then Paul Keels to give you a rundown on Ohio State, the voice of the Buckeyes coming up in the final half hour of today's show. Um, the Dodgers are supposedly thinking about reaching out to Aaron Judge. I can't say I'm shocked by that. They've got the cash. They do. And they want to win. If he leaves, who are you going to blame? Steinbrenner. Okay. Ownership. Okay. Okay. There you go. All right. 
TV and Ohio State, all in the next hour. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Ummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK.